0: Good morning. We will start here. Thank you, God. Welcome to our family chapel for December. Is it too early to wish you a Merry Christmas? No? Merry Christmas. Turn to the person next to you, beside you, in front of you, and wish them a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We've been having some, some wonderful chapels so far this week. Uh, we've been celebrating our Advent um, week, and each night we've been um, going through some responsive reading and lighting of our candle wreath. And uh, Just last night we, we lit a candle of hope. And part of our Advent reading for tonight it says, Even though the world seems dark and cold, we know that the light of Christ is coming. The face of our Lord will shine, and we shall be saved. Testifying against all suffering and darkness, we kindle this light. Together we proclaim to the world that in Christ, we have hope. And if you can, I want you to turn around and look at those twigs, and you can see those um, ornaments. Each ornament represents a hope that our students are, are um, putting their, are hoping for and they're looking to the Lord and declaring that in Christ there is hope. And uh, these boards we've been writing, um, there's some questions that we've been reflecting on for these past two nights. And they've been coming from their hearts. The first night, they they answered the question of what, what is God asking you to watch for in this time of Advent? And this last night is what, what, was, what are some things that you are hoping for? And, and I, I encourage you as a staff and faculty to continue to pray for our students. There's some things that they've been they've written on those boards that, you know, man, I just couldn't help but just to get on my knees and... And give them to the Lord again and, and pray and and anoint. Ask God's anointing to be upon their lives. So I can I continue to ask you to pray for them. But last night and, and it was awesome. Last night there was one student's response is what do you hope for? And they wrote they wrote down, I found it tonight. I found hope in Jesus. So it's an answer of prayer. So as we began this morning, <clears throat> let us start with <clears throat> we're gonna sing a couple of carols. And let us begin with uh, our Christmas story from Luke chapter 2. The scripture will be on the screen and I'll read from Luke chapter 2 to beginning uh, with verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. On whom his favor rests. Amen. The word of the Lord. So let us sing together. Heart the herald angel sings. Glory to God in. And- Angels had left them and gone into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, "Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about." So they hurried off and found Mary, Joseph, and a baby who was lying in a manger. Praise His name.
1: Oh, come, let
2: Morning, safe. (laughs) Uh, Dr. Mathen asked me last week to sing, and uh, I'm glad because I haven't sung in a while, but I didn't get the memo about the Christmas stuff. And so I've got about 50 Christmas songs. I think I'll just change gears and do all 50 right now. Amen. But uh, I just talked to a student of Dr. Self out in California. He just lost two of his parents. And then I've got a friend of mine back in West Virginia, NBC grad, that uh, he doesn't have any family at all. And he lives in a wheelchair. Butch Slappy, I called him for Thanksgiving. And he said, I hate holidays anymore. I just hate special holidays. So while we rejoice at what this season is all about, we got to realize that uh, for some people, it's a very difficult time. And Dr. Mattson, i don't take this lightly. Anytime I sing, I want to do what the Lord wants me to do. And this song, I just can't get away from it. I haven't done it in 15 years. I'll probably make a mistake. And if I do, I want mercy and not justice. And I'll thank you for that overwhelming vote of support. I appreciate it. Oh, I think you might want this. You want this one? No. Okay. Vic, you're the best.
3: Thank you. Sorry about that. Thank you, Gary. Um, I think that was most appropriate. As, uh, <clears throat> as I have been praying about what to try to share with you folks today and this uh, Advent chapel. I have been uh, directed to one of my favorite passages of Scripture in the book of Isaiah, chapter 42, and I I do understand that in a way that's not really an Advent Christmas Scripture and yet in another way it really is. Because in uh, Isaiah, chapter 42, we see the presentation of the servant of the Lord. The first verse of Isaiah 42 in the King James says, Behold your servant. Look at him. See him. Here he is. I want to read uh, the first nine verses of Isaiah 42. Would you please stand with me while I read from God's word? Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one, In whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice, he will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his law, the islands will put their hope. This is what God the Lord says. He who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and all that comes out of it, who gives breath to its people and, lives, and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness, I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idol. See, the former things have taken place and new things I declare before they spring into being, I announce them to you. You may be seated. Here is my servant, your Savior. (laughs) I give you Jesus. As we move toward Christmas, uh, all of the busyness, all of the frustration in some ways and in cases, all of the joy, all the happiness, all the looking forward to uh, time with family, friends, uh, all that goes up to make this Advent season, including. Uh, Sharon's had me on a ladder so much in the last few days that last night I I spent a, a good period of time just kind of rolling over in bed continuously to try to find one place in that circle where this hip would no longer hurt. But we must not forget in the midst of all that we do at this time of the year, Jesus, He is the one that it's all about. And and I know that even saying that seems trite because that's what we hear every Christmas, every Advent. I'm, I'm struck by the words of this 42nd chapter because as Isaiah begins to describe this story coming servant he says I will God says I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations
1: Hmm.
3: we're kind of a long ways from that today aren't we then in verse 2 he says he will not shout or cry out or raise his voice, voice in the streets what a what a unique way <clears throat> to bring about justice and get what you desire. Today, it seems like all there is in our world that that is trying to promote and put forth whatever agenda may be put forth is done by by shouting and yelling and bickering and arguing. And Isaiah says, he will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. And yet he will bring justice to the nations. He will not falter or be discouraged. Woe. Uh, I'm sure that none of you ever get discouraged in the job that you're working on at Nazarene Bible College. Well, maybe not Arlie and Liz. They've been sort of too new at this to have gotten discouraged yet. They're still just learning the job. But when we deal with students and uh, we, we talk those who have more connection and more uh, interaction with students, the academic advisors, financial aid, the professors. No opportunity ever to get frustrated. No opportunity ever to say, if you would just do it the right way, And I'm reminded that Jesus is patient. He is about the task of bringing justice to the nations, even today. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. As I have been thinking about these verses, I have been reminded again of what a blessed calling we have to work with those students that frustrate us so much it's our call it's it's where god has placed us at this time and and whether whether we are involved in trying to bring new students into the life of being a student or whether we're trying to take them through that life or whether we're uh, hoping for their eventual graduation or anywhere in between where whether we're teaching working whatever we're doing it is a call to, as Dr. Graves has put it so many times, to connect with the called. And I understand that this passage in Isaiah is talking about the coming Messiah. But I also understand that the Messiah, when he came, said, as the Father sent me, so send I you. So as we live from day to day as we work in the various capacities that God has given us in this place we are called to be examples of Christ and we are called to <laughs> yeah we're called to be patient with those okay let's be honest annoying individuals Those individuals that we would refer to as EGR people, extra grace required. And as we deal with the EGRs in our life, we need to be reminded that as Christ's ambassadors, we are to be a light for the people. We are to help him as he opens the eyes of the blind and frees the captives and release those that sit in darkness. I have to admit <clears throat> to you that when, when I was a district superintendent and, and used to come out here every year to recruit uh, potential pastors, I I sort of had the idea that uh, every student at NBC had been a Nazarene all of their lives and suddenly one day at age 35 woke up and said, I have a call to preach. I'm going to Colorado Springs. Uh, Now that I've been here 12 years, I know that either times have changed dramatically it's because it's not that way anymore. We have, we have students both on campus and online that are still in many ways bound and chained in the dungeons of darkness of their life. And those are the, some of the EGRs that we encounter. And our responsibility, our task, is to show them Jesus Christ and help them move from where they are to where God wants them to be so that they can be fit and excellent servants for him. Maybe, uh, maybe this has been on my mind because maybe I particularly need this. Maybe you don't. If you don't, I'm sorry but I think there are some of us that do. I, I, I look again at the verse, verse 3. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. <clears throat> that that verse <clears throat> excuse me that verse first spoke to me in a very dynamic way a number of years ago while I was still pastor at Milwaukee Wisconsin Bruce reminded me this is sort of like a Wisconsin day <clears throat> I uh, I had a I, I had an office that was uh, up on the second floor of the building, and, and it was almost as if it was the third floor. I, I called it the upper room. <clears throat> Many of the parishioners referred to it as the ivory tower. Uh, in, in the upper room, I, I liked to burn candles. I still do. Uh, when we were on vacation a few weeks ago, Sharon and I stopped at the Yankee Candle Factory in Massachusetts and bought more candles than will burn all winter this year. And uh, I, I used to have candles all over in my office lit, especially in the wintertime. Uh church board turned the heat down, you know, and the, so I had to keep candles burning to keep warm in the office. I had somebody accuse me one time of uh, of having twenty candles burning in my office at once i don 't believe that was i, I don 't believe that that was not true i don 't think there was ever more than fifteen going at a time <clears throat> one day i was I was reading this passage in during the advent season and i had a I had a candle burning on my desk. It was a three-inch pillar. It was sitting right there, and it was burning. And I I just reached over almost on impulse and pinched the wick, and the candle went out. And then I sat there looking at that, and I, I noticed that right on the very end of the wick was a Glowing spark. And as the candle was, was dying out, smoke arose from that wick. And I had just read, a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. And I looked at that red spark on the end of the wick and I went, Shh. No more red spark. No more smoke. I reached over and picked up a match and lit the candle again and blew it out again and saw the red spark again and I thought to myself, what would it take for me to, without the assistance of a match, make that red spark back into a glowing fire? And I soon realized that there was very little, if anything, that I could do to make that happen. And then I look back at this verse again and I read, A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. And I thought to myself, while I cannot fan that spark back into a flame, when my life is bruised and nearly broken, he will not break me. And when the, when the spark of my spiritual existence is almost non-existent, he will not snuff me out, but he will fan the flame back into a glowing fire. And I believe, folks, that that's what God is calling us to do with our students. One of the reasons I asked Gary to sing was to remind us again of the, of the ministry of encouragement that God has given him. I mean, every, every few days, Dr. Graves or one of the other administrators or Gary himself gets a re- response from one of the students that he's talking to. about how his call came at just the right moment. <laughs> I had a call last week from a student who said, I, uh, I'm, I'm fairly new at, at NBC and uh, I need some technical help. I've just been getting voice messages. Can you help me? I need some tech help. And I thought, yeah, and Chuck's not here. And I thought, I, I don't, I use the computer all the time, but I'm not tech support. And I said, well, if you tell me what your problem is, maybe, uh, maybe I can help you, I, I, or at least I can figure out who to transfer your call to. And the, and the student said, well, I've, I've been inscribed, and now I've lost it and I can't find it. How can I find Scribe?" So I told him how to do that and he got it and he said, thank you, now I've got it. And He said, let me try something. He said, oh, it disappeared again. It, it won't come back. How do, how do I make my computer when I, when I call up the internet Have scribe come up. And I thought to myself, that one I know. And I also thought to myself, you know, I could just say, you don't know how to do that. Come on. You're going to be going online. You need to understand how to... How to do that, I, you know, I wasn't tempted to go this far, but I have heard of some who would be tempted to say to a student, just, just reach around behind your computer and turn the button off and pack it up and take it back to the store, you're not cut out for online education. I wasn't tempted to go that far. <clears throat> but because I was thinking about this, I thought to myself as I hung up, I'm not tech support, but I was able to help a student change the home page for his browser. And I thought, many of the problems that our students come to us with are seemingly very simple. But many of the problems that our students encounter are the kinds of things that Gary talked about before he sang. A student in California who's lost both parents in the last year. A student in Pennsylvania whose wife recently said to him, don't want to be married to you anymore. An adjunct professor that we all know just lost his wife. And at this Christmas season, I want again to commit myself to the task to which God has called me. I want to be one who will not shout or cry out or raise my voice in the streets. I want to be one who will not break a bruised reed nor snuff out a smoldering wick. And I invite you to be reminded of the call that God has given you to be in this place at this time and be thankful. Shall we stand together? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you today that you gave us Jesus, And for so many at this Christmas season, while it is a time of joy and uh, happiness, for many it's also a time of sadness and uncertainty. May we be Jesus to those that we encounter today and in the days to come because you have called us together in this ministry. Thank you for that, God. Thank you for all you do for us and all you mean to us. Now may your grace and peace go with us. Amen.